Strongsville Christian Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Um, there was a MS he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance. To the Let no man deceive you and of sight by the any means, for the day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Christian church. Amen. But I'd like to greet everyone. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. I'd like to welcome everyone and greet everyone to Strongsville Christian Church. Today's message is Culture or Christ. One thing that's nice about this church here is we have different people that come from different countries. Uh, even in the house right now, we have uh, uh, Elder Glenn is from Trinidad. My wife's from uh, Philippines. And Sister Lily, what country again? Yugoslavia. So that, and then I'm from America. And so that's uh, four different countries right here. And I think we have a couple other people that come that are from a couple other different countries as well. One uh, from China. And uh, some of these countries that they've come from, they've actually come from communist countries. And uh, the point before I get into the message is not to uh, necessarily attack the word culture, um, because culture can be a good thing. In fact, I actually like a lot of aspects of culture. Um, there's things about culture that it can be used for the good or it could be used for the bad. Um, unfortunately, right now, you see a lot of the culture is being used uh, to uh, program people and to take them away from God. But it hasn't always been that way. A lot of cultures um, in uh, certain communities, their cultures are actually used to uh, create a atmosphere of biblical principles. One of them that we have throughout the nation is the Amish culture. The Amish culture refuse to be part of what the world is doing. They refuse uh, when, when the rest of the world uh, got shut down and locked down. Um, the Amish country didn't participate in that. They, I, we, me and my wife went out to Amish country. I've never seen an Amish person wearing a mask. Not one time, not one Amish person wore a mask. And this was at their work, this was at their home, this was at their church, they just didn't do it. Why? Because they have their own culture. They have their own ways. They're not going to do what, what's popular. They're not going to do what's trendy. They have their own ways of doing things. And that's not to say that everything that the Amish people do is great. Um, but there's some things about them. They're not moving. They're not compromising. And so I want to talk about today is what is it that we are going to follow? Are we going to follow culture or Christ? Because we're going to have to make a decision. We're either going to go with what the Bible is leading us to do, or we're going to have to do with what the culture is leading us to do. You know, back when I was a college student, I took um, different writing classes. And one of them was uh, I had to write an essay on uh, different types of culture. Uh, and it's amazing. A lot of folks, we don't even know all the different cultures that are out there. And what we deem as rude or disrespectful here in this country, you can go to another country and they uh, deem it as not rude or not disrespectful. There are some countries where after you're done eating the meal, they take the dishes and they bust them. 
They throw the dishes. You ever seen those countries that do that? After they eat a meal, uh, I think in Greece or, or Spain they do that. And they take the dishes and they, that's how you celebrate over there. If it's a good meal, you go and you bust the dishes on the ground. Amen. And that's like, hey, that's, that's acceptable. That's, that's how you fit in over there. You come to my house and I feed you a meal and you take my dishes and you bust them on the ground, you're not getting invited back. I might call the police on you. I, I don't know. You see, so you go to different places and you get a different reaction. Amen. In, in China, it used to be that if you finished off your plate, if you finished off your plate, that was considered rude. Like you were saying that they didn't give you enough food. Right. But if but if you grew up in my house, my mom said, you better finish off your plate. You better lick the dish when you're done. You see, so there's different. You could do the exact same thing in a different culture and it can be deemed as uh, praiseworthy or disrespectful. You see, and so culture is just it, it can be beautiful and it could be horrible. Amen. Depending on the application of it. But one thing um, that I'm noticing is I'm noticing our culture is changing at a hyper speed. Um, raise your hand if you've heard of the term cancel culture. If you've heard that term cancel culture. Um, right now, okay, raise your hand if you're aware that they're um, destroying statues that are historical and they're tearing them down um, because they're saying that they're racist or they're prejudiced or they endorse slavery. Well, that is a type of, type of cancel culture. Um, if you've heard about um, Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head is under hellfire right now because he has a Mr. in front of his potato. Amen. And they want him to be inclusive. They want him to be uh, accepted to all uh, genders. They want him to be part of the LGBT community. They want him to be uh, a, a gender neutral, right? And so at the same time that uh, Mr. Potato is under attack, how many knew that Mr. Potato Head's under attack? Okay, I would say almost everyone knows. Uh, Elder, you didn't know Mr. Potato's under gun gunfire? You better keep up with the times, amen? Mr. Potato is, he's being attacked right now because he has a mister, right? And that's considered to be offensive uh, to the, the new culture, amen? The new normal, right? And at the same time that Mr. Potato Head is offensive, now, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss is now offensive. You know, it was okay when Barack Obama and uh, uh, his wife read him in the, uh, the story time, it was okay when he did it, but now it's considered uh, taboo. It's no longer acceptable, Dr. Seuss. They, they call it racism. Now, here's the thing. At the same time that these things are deemed as wicked, it is now culturally acceptable to have transgender uh, 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 drag queens uh, to, to endorse homosexuality and to read books uh, with the little kids in the library. Now, that's culturally acceptable now. In fact, uh, in fact, if you don't support that, you are a hateful person. If you don't embrace the drag queen story time with uh, demon devil horns on top of her with makeup, uh, fondling your little children, your kids, and corrupting their minds, if, if you don't support that, now you are a hateful person. And see, some of the stuff that's taking place right now, you can laugh at it. You can... You have a right to laugh at. You can laugh at how ridiculous things are getting. But here's the thing. The devil is not joking. He is not playing. The things that we think 
are insignificant, that are ridiculous, there is a plan behind it. The Bible professes and talks and prophesies in Revelation that there is an antichrist that is going to rise up. He's going to rise up and you can see the spirit of antichrist is rising up right now. And so what they're doing is the, 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 the traditional biblical values that this country was founded on is now going to be called evil, right? Going to church. That's why you don't have thousands and thousands of people beating down the doors to get into the house of God. Why? Because the, 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 the younger generations, they are being programmed. They're being programmed from little kids to, to get into the drag queen story time. And they're being taught that that is love. That is great. That is holy. That is wonderful. And by the time they get older, they're already going to look at the things of God as evil. The things of God are going to be accused of being hateful and, and, and not loving. Do you see what's taking place? And this, this cancel culture that's taking place right now, it eventually, see right now, the enemy doesn't have enough on his side to attack the church the way that he wants to. But I'll tell you what, you can attack Mr. Potato Head. Do you see what I'm saying? You can attack Mr. Potato Head and people won't make it a big deal. But before you know it, Mr. T Potato Head is going to turn into Mr. Pastor. And Mr. Pastor is going to turn into Mr. Bible. And Mr. Bible is going to turn into the Mr. Holy Spirit. And Mr. Holy, you, you, right now you can't even say amen. You've got to say amen, a woman. Do you see how things are starting to go? So I want to talk to you today right now about culture or Christ. See, right now America is not really appreciating what is yet to come. You see, there are some folks that are in touch with the Spirit that they see the devil operating a million miles away. They know what he's up to. See, if you go and look at the communist uh, uh, regime of China and some of the other communist countries, but in particular uh, China, uh, how many of you know right now that everything they do is being recorded? Everything. They don't have the freedom to go to a church that is not controlled by the government. See, every single thing that they do is controlled by the government. They, they, people, they don't own anything. Everything that they have is owned by the government. Everything is your, your uh, renter of it. You can't own it. And this is what uh, they're trying to do right now in this country. They don't want you to own anything. They don't want you to own your car. They don't want you to own your house. You, they want you to be the property of the government. And this is the direction in which the culture is leading down. And the more that these things take place, the more the people of God are going to be deemed the enemy of God. And see, right now, um, I have three cameras on me right now. I have two different Facebooks, and I have uh, a camera that's going to go out into a Cox Cable and Time Warner. And people right now, they're becoming lazy. They would rather 
watch a service or a church service uh, on the internet live or through cable TV. And they're using that to replace the freedom to be able to come together and gather in the way the Bible says, don't forsake the assembly of believers. And they're using this technology which is able to be manipulated by the culture. In the same way that Facebook is sensor, sensitizing uh, what can and can't be said according to what they want, and they're, they're blocking people from using their accounts. They're suspending them. The same way they can do that, it won't be long before they cut off the church services from being live-streamed. It won't be long before they cancel out the church services on TV and call it a cancel culture, that it's now deemed as hateful, it's now deemed as evil. And the folks that are dependent on technology to replace the house of God, it won't be long before they quit and they give up on God. The Bible says that in the last days, there is going to be a great falling away. Why? Because they have allowed the culture to control them rather than Christ to control them. Let's get into the, the, the message, folks. I want to talk to you about baklava. How many of you know baklava? Raise your hand. How many have had baklava? How many make baklava? Hey! We got one in house. Praise God. Here's the thing. This is the weirdest thing. See, when I was a, a student at Tri-C, I went to an international student day at Tri-C. And all, we had folks from Japan. We had folks from Greece. We had folks from uh, Middle Eastern. And here's the thing. They did not communicate. That's why when we try to do meals at our church, we try to get with one another to make sure we don't all bring salad or we bring different things so that we're not all bringing the same thing. Well, these folks at this international uh, uh, student day, I went there to just to see about different cultures, and I went there to see and try different foods from different countries, and they, I'm not kidding you, they all brought baklava. And the Japanese people, I went to the Japanese table, and they said, oh, yeah, this is from our country. We created baklava. And I was like, oh, really? I thought that was from a different. And they're like, no, this came from Japan. And, and so I'm trying the baklava from Japan. And then I go over, and I was like, yeah, that's good. And then I went over to the, Greece, the Greek table, and the Greek people, they fed me some baklava. They said, yeah, this is from from our country. And I said, no, the Japan guy told me. And then I went from the, 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 the Greek guy and I went over to the Middle Eastern and he had baklava. And the, 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 the Middle Eastern guy said, yeah, this is ours. So I tried to do a little research to figure out where did baklava come from. They actually don't know, but it is so good that everyone wants to claim it as their, inter, their national food. You see, culture gets like that sometimes. So look at it. It says, it says baklava is one of the most popular sweet pastries. I like it. Some people think it's too sweet, but no. They're, too sweet doesn't come out of my mouth. Pastries in Ottoman cuisine. The pre-Ottoman origin of the dish is unknown. 
It says, but in modern times, it is a common dessert of Iranian, Greece, Turkish, Arab cuisines, Levant, Maghreb, South Caucasus, uh, Balkans, and Central Asia. There's probably a bunch more that also think that that's their international or their national uh, dessert. So culture can get like that where we don't know really where things came from. But here's the thing. Sometimes we do things out of tradition because our great-great-grandparents did it or because the country that we came from did it. And that's fine as long as it doesn't contradict what the Bible says. Because then just because it's a tradition in your family doesn't mean that it's God. Just because it's in a tradition in your family doesn't necessarily mean that it's not God either. You see what I'm saying? But the moment that your tradition starts to contradict the word of God, you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to go with the culture or are you going to go with Christ? Because your culture can't take you to heaven. Do you see that? Again, I don't want you to think that this message is to attack the word culture, um, but it's going to address how culture can be used. Amen? In, in different ways. Culture is an umbrella term which encompasses uh, the social behavior and norms, new norms. Do you see that? So what used to be a culture from uh, 60, 70 years ago is no longer the same culture now. Culture is constantly evolving. But here's the thing. God's word never changes. The word of God said, God said, I am the same yesterday, today, and to evermore. So here's the thing. Just because there's a new normal doesn't change the word of God, and it doesn't make the word of God uh, of none effect. It says the new norms found in human societies, as well as the knowledge, traditions, beliefs, arts, laws, Customs, capabilities, and habits of individuals in these groups. Cult. How many know the word cult comes from the word culture? How many knew that? The word cult, you've heard of cults. The word cult comes from the word culture. It says, which shares an origin with culture and cultivate. How many know that the devil is trying to cultivate people? He is trying to shape them and mold them uh, to serve him rather than Jesus. It says it comes from the Latin cultus, the noun with meaning ranging from tilling. Like gardeners, they have to till the ground. It says to cultivation or training or education to adoration. How many of you know that right now in uh, China that if you are deemed a threat to their government, if you believe in God or you're a Muslim, you're a Christian, and your belief goes against what their government believes, they will put you in re-education camps. They will put you in a re-education camp against your will, and they will tell you that they are there to reprogram your mind. They will starve you. They will feed you the least amount of food to barely keep you alive. And they will put you in classes and torture you until you get with the program. That is now their culture. They're doing it right now. If you jaywalk. If you jaywalk and you, 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 you don't uh, obey by the micro law in China, it, it automatically affects your credit score. I just saw this just today, this, mor this morning, that every time you jaywalk, your credit score. 
goes, goes down, which means they know about everything that you're doing. They have the 5K uh, technology that you guys have been hearing about, and through that, they are monitoring every single thing that the people are doing. And China is putting their footprint in countries all over, and they're wanting to spread this communist ideology. They want to spread culture throughout the world and I'm going to tell you right now more likely than not the antichrist is probably going to be communist and anything that goes away uh, that type of thinking will be dealt with Satan is using culture to divide the family and feminize the image of man do you see that Satan is using culture to divide the family and feminize the image of man. I've been preaching on this point for 15 years. 15 years I've been the same point. This is not no great revelation. This is not no new point. This is a truth and observation that some folks, they see it clear as day. Other folks, they don't know about it. You see, when I grew up, we, even in the TV shows in Hollywood, they had male figures that were masculine. You see, I even grew up as a kid with He-Man. He-Man he -Man had a bunch of muscles, and he had a sword, and he'd pull out his sword, and he'd say, I have the power. I w see, right now, the, 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 you don't have an image of a man having any type of authority now. Now you have images of men, they're cowards, they're weak, they're fearful. They're submissive to everyone but God. And so the image of man is being trashed right now. The devil right now, he's trying to, to divide. And he wants to divide the family. That's why there's so much divorce going on right now. He, does, he hates marriage. He can't stand marriage. Why? Because marriage, there's more power in marriage. When you have a man of God and a woman of God and you bring them together they become more powerful and the the, the income becomes greater uh, that you could get more done I, I'll tell you what folks if it wasn't for my wife I would have never been able to do this church we wouldn't have been able to do it she held the fort down so I didn't even have to go to work for about a year even elder Glenn helped me covering uh, where we work, so I, I didn't have to go there. It, but the point is this, is that the devil knows the potential that we have when we come together. Even as a body of Christ, he's trying to stop us from, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembly of believers, as some are in the habit of doing. And see, right now, the devil is doing everything to stop the people from coming to church. He doesn't want them coming together in the word of God. Oh, he don't mind if people come together uh, in the name of donuts. They don't, he don't mind if you come together in the name of coffee, if you come together in the name of pizza. He don't mind all that, but just don't come together in the name of Jesus or there's going to be problems. See, he wants to divide this country from uh, Republican to Democrat, conservative to liberal, from black to white, from rich to poor. He, he's trying to divide. 
And even within the church, he's trying to cause division. You got Pentecostals, you got Baptists, you got uh, all these different, you got Catholic, Protestant, you got all these divisions. Why? Because he knows that if we come together, even the government wouldn't even have a stance. They wouldn't even attempt to try to boss us around and tell us how to run the church and force us to, do you understand how bad the culture is getting? That you can, you go to China right now and they do anal, anal with the swabs. Anal tests. Where, where do you draw the line? See, why do you allow the culture to program you to the point where you stop using your common sense, you stop questioning what you're being told, it, 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 that's where the devil wants you to be. No, he's not happy with taking a 10-foot-long cotton swab and piercing your brain to do a test. That's not good enough for him. That's so invasive and so ridiculous. I don't need to be a PhD in a, phys a, a physician. I don't need to be a medical doctor to know that that's a bunch of baloney. Because at the same time that they were telling us the test had to be done that way in America, I have two eyes that I could watch in Israel. They're opening your mouth and they're swabbing it over there. And Israel has the highest technology, way superior to anywhere else in the world. They always have. So you're going to tell me a country with higher uh, technology is cotton swab in the mouth, but over here you've got to pierce it up your nose. And then you go to China, you've got to drop your pants, and you've got to uh, uh, open up your anal cavity, and they've got to shove that, that, that test. Come on. I, you know what? When someone first told me that, I actually didn't believe them. Someone told me that. They said, you know, they're doing uh, anal testing right now, probing. I said, get out of here. So I tried to disprove it. I said, ain't no way that anyone is going to submit to that. No way. I never believe it. You see, but if the devil can, can just get us to do a little bit here and there, you see, and take away your freedom a little bit at a time because it's culture. See, now if you don't wear a mask, you're a bad, per bad person. You're bad. You're a bad, selfish you're very, very selfish. You don't care about no one else but yourself. Yeah, when's the last time you gave some of your uh, paycheck to help some other people, Mrs., uh, Mr. Mrs. Mask Nazi? You see, they're programming people to oppress other people. They literally did the same thing in Nazi Germany. They used the Jewish people to oppress the Jewish people. They do the same thing in jail, the same thing in prison. This culture right now, they are actually trying to imprison the minds of people. See, Christ said, I come here to give you life and that much more abundantly. But the devil's coming to take our life, to steal and kill and destroy our freedom. But he first has to get it to be sociably acceptable. And you see, that's what's taking place right now. Let's, let's see some structure that God gives us. It says Mark 3.25, it says, And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Do you see that? A house cannot stand if it is divided. So what does the devil want to do? He wants to divide the house. Now, if your house has been divided, 
if you've gone through all types of separations and all things, that doesn't mean that God cannot restore that same house. But it has to be founded on the word of God. When you do things outside of the word of God, that is when you open up the door for the devil coming in to divide. And it says, and if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first be bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Amen. If someone breaks into my house, right, and I'm there, they're going to have a tough time taking over our house. But if they bind me and it's just my wife there, it's going to be a lot easier for them to overtake my wife than to overtake me. Why? Because I'm stronger. I am the strong man of the house. I am the head of the household according to the word of God. It doesn't mean I'm different. Or it doesn't mean that I'm better than my wife. We are created differently. My wife, we will never, never be on the same role. And see, that's what culture is trying to make people think that everyone has the same role. That's a lie. My wife has a gift from God. She can bear kids. I will never bear kids, not on my own. I don't care how many surgeries I go through. I don't care how much uh, mental brainwashing I go through. A baby will never pop out of anything from my body because that is not the role that God gave me. You see, but the devil wants to come and take the strong man of the house, and he wants to conquer he wants to divide, and he wants to destroy. Do you know right now, uh, this whole last year, they've been using terms for us to accept. Here's the thing. I've done prison ministry for 15 years, so I know these terms. They, they use the word, anyone heard the word lockdown? We're all on lockdown. That's literally what they say in the prisons. That's literally what they say in the jail. Why would you use a prison term to address people who have never committed a crime. To address free people who are free. Why would you say we're going on lockdown? Right now, my wife just showed me that when you go into the elevator, they have arrows pointing to the back of the elevator. So when you go to the elevator, you've got to stand against the wall now. That's literally what they do in the jail. Anytime they transport inmates from a different floor and you're on the elevator, they make the inmates face the wall. The same thing they're doing to us. Folks, this is culture. This is cancel culture. This is changing what is normal. And they're, why are they doing it? I'm telling you the goal is to take us away from God. The goal is to take us away from God. Christ gave perfect instructions to produce strength and structure in our family. Do you see that? Christ gave perfect instructions to produce strength and structure in our family. And you see, the devil's trying to recreate the roles of the way the family should be. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.22, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband." as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, 
even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So you see, God have given a, a, a perfect structure of the way the household is to be, that God made the, he, the husband, the man, the head of the household. Right now, if you say that, right now, you, if, if, you, if you, Mr. Potato is getting attacked for being called a mister, how much more will they hate this scripture right here? They won't like it. Why? Because there is a perfect structure given by God. Now, that, that, now, here's the thing. As Christians, we don't have to defend it. We don't have to explain it. We don't have to debate it. We don't have to argue it. It's not even our job to prove it. We don't have to do none of that. The only thing we have to do is agree with it. Because if you agree with God's word, you'll be blessed. The moment that you feel that you know more or better than God's word, or, or it was true back then in the old culture, but now things are different. Yeah, things are different, but are they better? Or are they getting farther and farther away from the way God had intended for the structure of the household? And look at this right here. It says Titus 2.3. It says the aged women. I like how King James addresses the older women. It says the aged women. I like that. You know, Pastor, you're getting old. No, no, I'm just aged. I'm aged like a fine wine. No, Pastor, you're getting gray hairs on those beards. No, no. I'm aged. It says the aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things that they may teach the young women to be sober and to love their husbands and to love their children. So now God is giving a structure for the mature women that God has given them a role to teach the younger women. You see, there is a structure in the family the way, if we get back to the way God wanted things to be, we would avoid a whole lot of drama that's coming. The Bible says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We can't make the rest of our street serve God. We can't make our neighbors serve God. There are some distant family members in our own household. We can't make them. But who's in your household? You can make sure that you're doing the word of God. God, if you're an aged woman, God will always put someone in your life that you can tell them the right way of, of the word of God. Tell them the way that things should be, the way that they're supposed to be. And look at what it says. It says, teach the younger women to be sober and to love their husbands. And to love their children. Doesn't say to abort your children. Doesn't say abort them. It says to love them. Ephesians 6.1. It even gives the structure and the order for the children. It says children obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor thy mother and father. Do you see that there is a, a, a strong 
strength structure for the roles of the family, all the way from the husband to the wife to the kids. God is teaching the kids that if you live this way, you'll have a long life. You'll be blessed. You'll avoid a whole bunch of trouble. Right now, you have kids that are raising the parents. Why? Because that's what they're being taught in culture. Culture is telling them that the kids know more than the parents. I see it all the time at work. You'll have little kids coming in, telling, bossing the mom and the dad around, we're going to do it this way. We're going to have it this way. And you have more that the parents are more concerned about being friends with their kids than actually being their mother or their father and teaching them the way that they need to be taught. Not everything with parenting is, is, is uh, just being friendly, but, but there's a balance to that. We're going to get into that as well, too. It says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor the father and the mother. How many cartoons do you see now that are, are teaching, programming the kids to disrespect their parents? There's, it's all over. They're brainwashing. I'm telling you, the devil is after the kids. He's after the kids. He wants those little kids to hate the parents, to despise the, the two people in their life that are feeding them, that are protecting them, that are providing for them, that have sacrificed for them. Hate them. Don't listen to them. They don't know what's best for you. Listen to all your friends of the same age. Listen to all your teachers at school. Listen to all the college professors. Listen to the news. Listen to everyone else. Just don't listen to your parents. i got to tell you what, in most cases, your parents, they know what's best for the kids. Especially if they stay within the structure according to Christ, not culture. And look at what it says. It says, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. You see that? This telling the fathers, don't provoke your kids to wrath. There is a respect that, that the parents, not only are they supposed to love their kids, but they're supposed to respect them as well. Not just bully them around and, 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 and beat them up and, and mock them and make fun of them and insult them and tear them down. You see, God has a perfect structure and strength for the family. And if we do things the way that God created us to do them, when the devil tries to come in, he'll get shut down like this. And it says, bring them up in the nurture and the admonition. Ad Help me out, Sister Rhonda. Huh? What she said. Of the Lord. Some cultures are shaped by famous people that want to lead people away from God. Right? This is what you see right now. You see all these folks that they're trying to give morality lessons and they're trying to tell us to do things that have nothing to do with the Bible. When's the last time you saw someone from Hollywood, a famous actor, telling you to go to church 
and, and, and honor your parents? When's the last time you saw a favorite, famous musician that's uh, globally known, an actor that's globally known, that's telling you uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we should go to church and serve the Lord and, and pray to God and give honor to God? When's the last time you heard that? You hear everything but that. You, you see, the devil uses famous people to mold the culture. And they're being, mold, they're being used by the enemy to shape and create the thinking of the culture. And to lead them away from God. Look at what it says in Numbers 16 too. It says, and they rose up before Moses. They rose up before Moses and with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of this assembly. You see that? The majority of the assembly, the 250 of the, the assembly at the least, they rose up against the man of God. That was their culture back then. That's what they were doing. They were creating a culture to come against the man of God. The same exact thing that happened then is happening now. The devil has not changed. He's doing, he's, he changed in the, in, in the style and the, uh, the masking, the appearances, but his tactics are still the same. And they rose up before Moses with the certain children, 250 princes of the assembly, famous. That's King James' word right there, famous. Famous in the congregation, men of renown. The word renown means to be of a good reputation or uh, highly influential. Someone that has uh, a fame, someone that has authority, someone that has leverage. Men of renown, men of prestige. Right? Like you got people right now like uh, Tom Hanks and LeBron James. They're, they're given all types of messages for the people and it's not biblical. They're giving messages. Why? See, here's the thing. Uh, I, I know, what's that one lady, um, Wendy? You know that show, Wendy, that comes on during the day? Uh, it's a black lady. She's kind of tall. I think she's got a wig, long nails. Wendy, right now, Wendy, she, she rose up right now, and she said, I'm not getting the vaccination. She said, I, I'm not getting the vaccination. She said, I don't trust it. I don't know what's inside of it. I'm not getting it, right? So she has, uh, she's famous. She has a, 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 a big platform, and she's coming against the vaccination. And then you have Dr. Oz, the same thing. He has fame. He has fortune. He has reputation. He's a man of renown. And he's coming against Wendy. He's like, now, Wendy, I hear what you're saying. I want you to know that you're speaking and you have a great influence over these people. Are you sure that you don't believe that the vaccination is a good thing? Wendy got ghetto. No, no, I ain't taking no uh, vaccination. I don't know what's in that stuff. It's my body. Doctors don't know everything. Let me say that again. She said doctors don't know everything. But she was being warned. You see, when you get to a certain position or a plateau or a certain level of fame, you can only say so much before you get pulled. The same people that are supporting you, that are putting you on mainstream TV, if you don't say according to what their agenda is, 
you're going to get pulled. I pray to God that Wendy doesn't get pulled, but I, I know what's going to happen. They're going to pull her. She's going to lose everything. And they will punish you. They will take away all your money. They will ostracize you. That's what cancer culture is, is that they use the culture of the liberals that are anti-Christ, that are atheists, and they will attack one person. This is what they did with the bakers that didn't want to bake a cake for the homosexuals because it was against his belief. So they attacked him and they got him tied up in the court because they were trying to overtake him. They were trying to use their fame. The media does it all the time. They use their fame and their reputation to attack the things of God if it doesn't go along with their agenda. But if you're in a church that is a lukewarm church and it's a lukewarm pastor and he's afraid to uh, say anything that's uh, controversial or it's not going on with the culture, then guess what? They'll pull the 501c3. We don't have 501c3. We're not dependent on the government grants. We're not dependent on the funding and the money of the government, so they can't do that to us. They'll have to do something different. You see, there are so many churches, you're not going to hear the truth from them. Why? Because they know that if they speak the truth, their platform will be removed. And look at what it says in the Bible. It says, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And said unto them, you take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Basically, they were saying, I'm just as Christian as you are. I'm as anointed as you are. I know as much as you. In fact, I'm no more than you. They rose up against Moses. See, this is a spirit that is being used in the culture. And, and and they don't want a pastor to preach the truth of the word of God. They will say, well, you don't need a pastor. You don't need your father. You don't need your mother. You know more than them. You're just as equal as them. You see, there is a division taking place right now. And we're going to have to choose. Are we going to go with culture? Are we going to go with Christ? People led by culture are prepared to fit in but not prepared for spiritual consequences. Let me say that again. People led by culture are prepared to fit in. You see that people that want to do everything that's trendy and everything that's cultural and, and uh, you know, just everything that's taking place right now, they want to fit in. They're afraid of being rejected. They're afraid of being looked down upon. They're being afraid of, of, of not being accepted. Folks, you're going to be accepted by God and rejected by man, or you're going to be accepted by man and rejected by God. I would way rather be accepted by God because when I go into eternity, those men that are rejecting me are not going to be there. People being led by culture. And right now, this culture, it's, getting, it's going into the church. It's going into the church. That's why there's not very many churches left in the world that you can go into without getting your temperature checked. There's not many churches left in the world where you can go in there and they don't force you to wear a mask. 
There's not many churches that are left in the world. And so now they're going to force you to wear a mask. They're going to force you to do a temp check. And what, are they going to start doing anal checks as well, too, with the swabs? Well, I mean, where do we stop? You know, if, China, if it's good for China, they're forcing everyone to wear a mask. Now, before you go into church and get right with God, you've got to drop your pants and they're going to shove a, a, a Q-tip uh, between your legs. You see, where do we draw the line? Why do we have to be like the rest of the culture? Why can't we just be like Christ? Christ said, I've given you all power and all authority over the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. God has given us a power over sickness. He's given us power over disease. He's still a healer. See, there's a lot of churches, even the Pentecostal ones, that claim to be so anointed and spiritual. And I'm not going in the prayer line if the pastor has a mask on. If you can't keep yourself safe, then how are you going to heal me? If you don't have enough faith to trust that God's going to keep you safe and healthy, how are you going to have enough faith for God to deliver me? Why are we allowing the culture to take over Christ? How far have we gone from the word of God? The Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible says let the sick and the afflicted uh, call for the elders of the church that they may lay hands on them. I still believe that. I believe that more than Dr. Fauci. I believe that more than President Biden, uh, who stole the election. I believe that more than anyone else out there, than mainstream new media. I'm not listening to them. I'm listening to Christ. What does the Bible say? I'm going to stand on that. You know, you know what? I'm not just preaching this because I went to theology school and I, I was told that. I grew up in an atheist home. And God showed me that this is the way. Through the word of God, I've watched God deliver me from drugs, from alcohol, from a life of crime. I've watched God change me. I used to hate church. I used to hate Christians. And now I love it. I can't wait to get to church. I came here like almost two hours early. Why? Because I want to be in God's house. I want to be in his presence. I want to share his word with those that are hungry. Why? Because I know that it works. The rest of that culture that's out there right now, they can keep it. They can have it. Amen? I, don't, I know it don't work. And they might fit in right now. They might be popular right now. They might be gathering by the thousands right now. But is it Christ? You can't tell me that, that, that everything they're saying is right. You know, I was attacked by the airline steward because I fell asleep and my mask fell six inches below my nose. But yet the man getting drunk behind me drinking the beer didn't have to wear a mask for a two-hour flight. The whole plane could have not wore a, a mask the whole time for a two-hour flight as long as they were spending $8, uh, $8 on a beer. Come on, make it make sense to me. Numbers 26, 9, it says, And the sons of Eliab, uh, Neam, and Dathan, and Abram, this is that Dathan and Abram, which were famous. See that word again, famous. Let, beware of these famous people that are coming on TV trying to tell you how to live your life. Beware of these famous people coming on TV telling you how your household's supposed to be ran. Beware of these famous people trying to tell you about God and the way that you're, what's right for your body, what's right for your health. 
Beware of these famous people, and, and which were famous in the congregation who strove against Moses and against Aaron and the company of Kara. And when they strove against the Lord, the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them together with Korah. When that company died, the time of the fire devoured 250 men, and they became a sign. Amen. You see that those folks that are being led by culture, being led by the famous people, being led by what's popular, what's fitting in. It won't be long before the earth comes and swallows them up and they'll be made a sign. They'll be made confirmation to the words that I spoke were true of God and not true of man. I'm going to tell you what, I'm not getting no vaccination. I'm not getting no anal swab. I'm not getting no none of that. You can have all that. Keep it for yourself. Don't sell it to me. Don't knock on my door trying to sell me a, uh, some experimental vaccination because that's what's culturally correct. You can have it. But when the earth comes and swallows you up, I'm going to know that I made the right decision. I might be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe I need to get the vaccination. Maybe if Jesus walked along the monks of us, he'd be getting vaccinations. You see, you see Jesus on the corner, laying down on the street corner like a heroin addict, shooting up vaccinations. No, I don't think so. i got to move forward before something happens. When churches cater to culture, the word of God loses its impact. You see that? When churches cater to culture, the word of God loses its impact. It's not our job as a church to cater to what the world is doing. That's why, look, I know how to fill this place up. I'm telling you, give me two months. I, can, I won't be able to use the Bible anymore, but I know how to fill this place up. I'm telling you. I, I, I'll have to get rid of this. That you, you, won't, you won't be able to find a seat. You'll come here two hours early, and you have to fight for a chair. That's what I know how to do it. I, I have to get rid of this, though. I have to quit preaching the truth. I have to lose the Holy Spirit, take on a couple demons, tell everyone everything that they want to hear. Uh, don't offend anyone. Don't say anything that's controversial. Uh, sugarcoat everything. Give donuts, coffee, and, and just tell everyone, come on, homosexuals. Come on, rapists, pedophiles. Come all on in. Amen. Do whatever you, you know, come on. Oh, the place will be blowing up. And I'll have to change the name from Strongsville Christian Church to Strongsville Bar and Pub. <laughs> when churches cater to culture, the word of God loses its impact. Folks, I'm not saying everything that's grandeur is wrong. I'm not saying everything with a large amount of people is wrong. I'm not saying that. But let's look at just a couple examples of the Bible. Look at uh, Noah. Look at the days of Noah. Look at what happened before God flooded the earth. The culture back then was not of God. They were full of violence. They were full of lust. They hated the things that were good. 
Uh, men were violent back then. They were doing everything. That was the majority of the people. And they probably thought to themselves, well, because I fit in, I got to be right. Because this is popular, I got to be right. Because everyone else is doing it, it's got to be right. And then Noah and his family looked like a weirdo. He was going against the times of the culture back then. He was building an ark for rain that never happened back then. He was doing things that people never seen. Why? Because he was being led by Christ. And when the time came for the flood, it was only Noah and his family that survived. While the rest of the culture got consumed. And I'm telling you now, I'm here to preach the word of God so that when the flood comes, you're not consumed, that you're in the ark of God, that you're covered under the blood of Jesus, that you're saved by grace and faith in Jesus. And that way, when the time comes, when the earth gets swallowed up, you're not there. And it will be a witness that you are walking with God and that you are choosing Christ and not culture when you're still surviving. When you're still moving forward. Because not everything that is of God looks like it's of God. Because the culture is getting into the church to the point that people don't know what's culture and what's Christ. But you've got to get to the word of God to be able to discern the difference. In Mark 7, 5, it says, When the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the traditions? Do you see that? Traditions has to do with culture. Even the... But you know what's interesting? I've got to give these Pharisees and these uh, scribes some credit. Their culture was not about having drag queen story time in the library for little kids. Their culture was supposed to be based off of the Torah. Their, their, their culture back then was supposed to be based off of the scripts of God, the laws of Moses, but they added to it. The Bible says don't add or take from the word of God. They started to add things, but initially their culture was supposed to be formed by the word of God. Do you see that? It's just when they started to add things from and to the word of God, it's where they started to get into trouble. And right here I have an example of what happens when you grab bread with dirty hands. And then I have an example of what happens when you grab uh, bread by hand sanitizer. And then I have an example of what happens when you grab bread with the soap and water. Now, folks, again, I'm not a doctor, but all this time uh, people were going crazy. And I'm not trying to beat you down if you like hand sanitizer. I mean, do your thing. And you know what? There have been some people in this church that when, when they saw an opportunity to use hand sanitizer, man, they... They had their elbow deep. I ain't going to put anyone out there. But there was elbow deep in that hand sanitizer. Because when we were doing construction, that's when all the, everything shut down in the bathrooms. And so you couldn't use the bathroom. So we had a porta potty out in the back, and they had hand sanitizer. There was the only hand sanitizer in America. It was in that porta potty. And someone went in there and they saw that hand sanitizer. They were like, ooh, la, la. They were like, boom, boom, with the hand, just dripping, dripping. You know what? That's fine. I never got into the hand sanitizer. I asked my wife. I never got into it. I just, the thought came to me. I didn't do any research. I did it out of ignorance. 
but I did it because I believe Christ was leading me. I never got into the hand sanitizer. I always thought that if you just use the basics, that soap and water, you can get it. You can really get it with soap and water. Just the old, sometimes the old ways are better than the new ways. And here's the science behind it. The soap and water gets it. Do you see that? Amen. I ain't telling you to stop using your hand sanitizer. If you like it, you like it. Amen. I'm not bashing it. But look what's, so, so here's the Pharisees. This is what they're doing. It says, now the Pharisees and the scribes, they ask, why not thy disciples, according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? You see that? They were eating bread with unwashed hands. What happens with dirty hands? That's what the bread looks like. You see that? And they knew that. They knew that back then. If you touched food with unclean hands, you would corrupt the food. All that stuff would go inside of you. And, and, and he answered and said to them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, the people honor me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. Do you see, they were trying to use their tradition and their culture to rebuke Jesus. Jesus said, I'm not here for the cleanliness of your hands. I'm here for the cleanliness of your heart. You can wash with all the hand sanitizer, all the soap and water, but you need to make sure that it's what comes out of your mouth that is pure. It's what comes out of your mouth that is loving. Not just an outward religious manifestation of a ritual is not going to get you to God. It's going to depend on the condition of your heart. And if you stick with Christ and not culture, you'll be clean on the inside and on the outside. It ain't nothing wrong with putting some soap on it, amen? Put some soap on it by all means. And Mark 7, 12, it says, And you suffer him uh, no more to do aught for his fathers or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. You see that? This is what's taking place globally. In the global church, this is what's happening right now. They are making the word of God of none effect through the culture. And that is the goal of the devil, is to get us to worship culture. Worship culture. Worship what everyone else is doing and get away from worshiping Christ. He said, which you have delivered, and many such things like things do ye. Satan uses culture to restrict Christians from free speech. Satan uses culture to restrict Christians from free speech. This is what's going on right now. You can see that, that people are more worried about calling a potato toy Mr than they are about aborting kids. How backwards has, have we gotten from God? Acts 4.18, it says, And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Do you see that? The devil, that same Antichrist spirit that tried to restrict uh, Peter, that tried to take away the free speech, 
And here's the thing. If Peter was out there cussing and acting foolish and talking about aliens and worshiping trees, they wouldn't have had a problem with them. The problem was that they were lifting up the name of Jesus. The problem was that they were sharing the gospel. And it was then that they tried to restrict their speech. And they were using the culture to restrict their speech. Do you see right now that you, they're not really picking on Muslims right now. They're not picking on Buddhists. They're not picking on uh, atheists. It's the Christians that they're trying to suppress. Why? Because that's where the truth lies. That's where the enemy is being defeated. And they called and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God. Do you see that? He said, are we going to listen to what you're saying? Are we going to listen to what God is saying? Are we going to listen to culture? Are we going to listen to Christ? I can't tell you how many times people quote Romans 8. I should say, I can't tell you how many times people misquote Romans 13 to me. They send emails. Well, Romans 13 says that the uh, uh, Dr. Fauci and the governor said all this. Are you doing all these things that they said to do? No, I'm doing what God called me to do. They have authority to run their government the way they choose to. God has given me authority to run the church the way he called me to. Amen. I'm not going to try to force the two together. No matter how popular it is. No matter how many misquoted scriptures people send me through emails. But Peter said, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God. Judge ye. In Acts 5.29, then Peter said to the other apostles and answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Nobody has ever sent me an email quoting that scripture. Never. Why not? You want to quote every other scripture of how we're supposed to run things and how we're supposed to blend in and fit in with the church or fit in with the government and fit in with communism and fit in with the Antichrist and cater to the LGBT community. You quote all these other things, but then when it says we ought to obey God rather than man, I've never got a scripture quoted like that sent to me in an email. If you're watching and listening, I don't care how you're doing it, send me an email telling me that we ought to obey God rather than man. <laughs> Encourage me. Let me know that I'm not the only When antichrists take over a culture, Christians will suffer but receive eternal blessings. Let me say that again. This is, this is the direction that this country is going. And let me say, I don't want to pick on America because I'm not anti-America, hence the flag. We pray for this country. But I'm not so pro-America that when America starts to go away from God that I'm going to get with the flag and start praying. You, you have never seen me to come down to this flag and get on my hands and knees. And I to come down to this flag and get on my hands and knees. And I never said, oh, flag. <laughs> you know, I'm struggling. I, I need some peace today. Oh, flag. Oh, give me some peace. Oh, I love you. Oh, give me some peace and joy. Oh, you're my savior, Flag. No, I never did that. 
<laughs> oh. But I have got on my hands and knees to the cross and said, oh, Lord, you're able to deliver me from the hands of my enemies. Amen. Amen. I've done that before. Cross and said, oh, Lord, you're able to deliver me from the hands of my enemies. I've done that before. When Antichrist takes over culture, Christians will suffer. Folks, you're going to suffer. I, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you your life is going to be peaches, rainbows, and butterflies, and you're never going to go through it. No, you're going to go through The devil hates you. He hates you. He wants you to suffer. But he doesn't want you to suffer and grow. He wants you to suffer and get discouraged. He wants you to suffer and quit and give up. He wants you to suffer and never come to church ever again. Never pray again. Never read your Bible. Never submit to the things of God. Go to where the culture goes. When the Antichrist takes over the culture, and this is what's happening. This is why you see the new normal. The moment, the first time I ever heard that saying, I knew there was something wrong. I knew there was something wrong. I knew that there was a shift taking place in the spirit. When the Antichrist takes over culture, Christians will suffer. That's why through the last year, they tried to force the churches to close down. Left all the bars open. Left all the strip clubs open. Left all the abortion clinics open. You, from the, the peak of the pandemic... Allegedly, I went into the bars. They weren't wearing no masks in there. It was supposed to be the, the peak wave. People were getting drunk as a skunk. They were sitting, they weren't six feet away. They were right next to each other, smelling each other's bad breath. Now, don't get it twisted. I like the six foot rule. In fact, I, I, I propose to increase the six foot to 12 foot. In fact, you could even go 20 foot. I don't like people all, I like my space. I've always liked my space. Even in my marriage, we got a king size bed. I like elbow room. I like to stretch out. I don't want to be all, cur you know, when I'm going through the checkouts, six foot, it's not enough. Put it to 20 foot. When I'm using my credit card, I don't want you looking over my shoulder. That's a good rule. See, not everything with the culture is bad. We could keep some things. Amen. We don't, we don't have to go back to totally the old normal. Keep the, the, the rule, but increase it. Six feet ain't enough. And, you know, and talking about the mass on the plane, when I flew to the Philippines to see my wife, I sat in front of these two, God bless them, really large men. I'll just say it that politely put. These two really large men. I sat in the middle on a, what is it, 24-hour, 48-hour flight, whatever it is, 40-some hours flight. With these two large men, I was in the pickle in the middle, and they were drinking the whole time, and I could smell. I could almost taste the alcohol coming out of their pores. Why didn't we have masks back then? And a six-foot rule back then. When the Antichrist takes over the, in, the, in, in the culture, Christians will suffer. But folks, look, no matter what suffering we go through in this life, we have eternal blessings that are waiting for us. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm, I'm going through what I have to suffer now because I know that there's going to be eternal reward waiting for me on the other side of this life. I know that. I recognize that. In Matthew 27, 15, it says, Now at the feast of the governor uh, won't, to release unto the people a prisoner, it was the custom. Do you see that, folks? 
The custom is a culture. It was their culture that they would release one prisoner. And so at this time, they had an opportunity that they could have used this culture or this custom to be a blessing, but instead they used it to be a cursing. All the stuff that you see right now, this new normal, all these changes, all these people and authorities from the mayor to the governor to uh, the congressmen to all the people in the White House, they all can be using their position and to change culture to be a blessing for the church. They could if they wanted to. They could do it. And maybe they won't. But what are you doing as a Christian to change the culture back to Christ? Maybe they're not doing the right thing in the White House. Maybe they're not doing the right thing as the governor. Maybe they're not doing the right thing uh, in the political arena. But what are you doing on your end? Are you making sure that you're prioritizing Christ over the culture? Are you trying to change the culture through your lifestyle? that you're not going to go with what everyone else is doing. We still have that choice. It was their custom, whom they would, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. 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 Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. For they knew that for the envy they had delivered him. You see, that was the culture back then. They had a chance to do the right thing. Culture can be used to bless God and his people or can accurse God and his people. You see that culture is neither bad or evil. It just depends on what's going on at that particular location at that particular time. This country used to have a good culture where we had good morality serving God and doing the right thing. This country used to do missionaries and go to other countries to share the gospel. But what are we doing right now? Culture can be used to bless God and his people or curse God and his people. Matthew 27, 19, when he sat down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with this just man? For I have suffered many things in this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. And the governor answered and said, Whether of the twain will you that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Matthew 27, 22, it says, Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they said unto him, Let him be crucified. And when the governor said, Why, what evil has he done? And they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. You see, this is the direction and the spirit in which this culture is going towards right now. They are going in the direction where they don't have no logic. They don't have no explanation. What has he done? They didn't even answer the question. Crucify him. But what has he done wrong? Just crucify him. 
Well, what is he doing wrong? It just This is what they want to do. They don't have no logic. They don't have no intelligence. They don't have no reasoning. It don't make no sense. Just crucify him. This is what's happening right now. We choose Christ over culture because of how much Jesus loves us. And I'm closing with this one, folks. We choose Christ over culture because of how much Jesus loves us. You think of all the suffering, all the sacrifice, everything that Jesus did to die on the cross for us. What has culture done for you? Yeah, it might have entertained you. It might have made you feel good. It might have had some nostalgia, but it can't save you. It, it can't change you. But Jesus can. Jesus can save your soul. He can forgive you for your sins. He has the keys to open up eternal life in heaven. He has the power to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. No culture, nowhere has ever had that power to do that. And therefore, my allegiance is to Christ and not culture. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In Revelation 3, 5, it says, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in the white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. In Matthew 25, 21, it says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. Do you see, this is my goal as a Christian. I might not have a church full of thousands of people. I don't need that. I'm not insecure where I'm trying to prove my status or my power with God or my spirituality with how many people come here or don't come here. I know that there's going to come a time that God is going to say, well done, thou have been faithful over few things. You see, because if you can't be faithful over few things, how are you going to be faithful over many things? Make sure that you're faithful over the few things that God has entrusted to you. Make sure you're faithful with the money that God gave you. Make sure you're faithful with the family that God gave you. Make sure you're faithful with the church that God gave you. The few things, your customers, your patients, your clients, whatever it is that God has you doing, be faithful over it. And you're going to hear these words. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Do you see that? He never heard these words on this earth. He never said, I'm going to make you ruler over many things on this earth. That's not a promise. But he said, because you've been faithful over a few things on this earth, I would rather be a ruler over many things in heaven because that's eternal. Some folks right now, they're ruler over a whole lot of things, but they're not faithful over it. And the things that they're getting all the praises of people and all the prestige and all the status and all the, uh, the praises of man that they're getting now, it's only temporal. And it's not worth losing your soul over. The Bible says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? I want to make sure that I'm faithful over the few things. And I hear those sweet, sweet words.
I love when my wife says, I love you, honey. It's wonderful when she says it to me, especially with her little accent coming from the Philippines. You ever heard her say squirrel? I can't even say. She's like squirrel. Squirrel, the way she says it. And I like to hear that. But I want to hear so much more. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Because I want to be one soul on this earth that will choose Christ over culture. Strongsville Christian Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Um, there was a MS he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance. To the Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Strong's Christian Church.